again and welcome back to another episode. Now, uh, this episode is titled Black Girls and um, it's mainly titled that because I love that Lenny Kravitz song, Black Girl. And if you haven't heard that song, go listen to it. It is linked on my Dawn of the Dead podcast title playlist. Uh, I think I'm only missing one song on there just because it's not available for streaming. But I have recently been covering the Last of Us series on HBO and giving my spoiler-filled recaps and every week. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. And I know when people tune in, they're wanting to hear something other than that. I'm just riding that wave until it ends. And I only have a few more episodes of that. And then I'll get back to all of the regular horror content. But because it was a horror video game, I wanted to talk about it every week. However, (laughs) this is February. I'm not sure when you'll be listening to it, but when I recorded this, it was February. And it is also Black History Month. Although I always say it's Black History every day that I'm alive. Fuck a month. It's Black History every goddamn day. But if you've ever followed me on Instagram or you do follow me on Instagram, type in the hashtag while the Black character lives. If you do that and hit recent, you can see all of the Black horror survivors and um, all of the ones I've posted. You'll have to hit recent because if you don't hit recent, it'll just kind of trill like it's shadow banned, but it's not. They're all there. Um, and now that I think about it, I probably need to go and update because there's been a, a few, a good bit now of horror survivors. So I wanted to do this episode and I do want to warn you, it is kind of semi-spoilerific because I'm talking about black women in horror films that made it to the end survived. So right there, I'm already telling you that they lived. I won't go into all of the movies in great detail or anything like that, just because I would rather talk about the movies separately than just talking about the survivors. And, um, you know, you'll know they made it to the end. I'm not going to dive into every aspect of the film. So this episode may be a little shorter than my normal, but, um, you know, you really should watch these films if you're interested, if you're not don't, don't fucking bother. (laughs) But if you are, go back and watch them because, um, it's interesting when you see black women in horror, you know, they're usually portrayed one way or the other, you know, most of the time we die. Um, these are characters that I, I absolutely fell in love with and always kind of stick with me. And whenever I do these lists, as my usual, I always tell you, I'm not going to pick everybody's favorites. I only picked five. I may do this, you know, a few more times throughout the year with different Black horror survivors and why I picked them. But I'm not going to be able to give everybody's person on this list. You know, it's just my whatever is in my fucking head at the time that I record this shit. So this episode is about black female survivors in horror films. And when I get going, I'll let you know why I picked them. Once again, they're not gonna be everybody's favorites. I'm not gonna get to everybody. We have a lot of them. There are a lot more horror survivors of color than you realize. But I can tell you personally, when I see 
a black character survive, especially a black woman. It gives me hope that I can make it through whatever bullshit that is going on in my current life. And I know that sounds kind of silly, you know, but seeing somebody survive slashers or monsters or aliens, that just makes my day in the office seem like a fucking cakewalk. <laughs> you know, I know it's make-believe, but you know, you, you do what you do and you associate what you associate to get you through, as Prince would say, this thing we called life. So it really just stems from me having a love of horror. And then when I see people who look like me survive, then I know I can, I can overcome whatever little, you know, drama bullshit that's going on in my daily life, be at work or with friends or whatever. And I like seeing survivors that look like me. And I like the different facets of the survivors that look like me because I have a lot of different facets too. So before I get, you know, into my little Donna rant, which I will try not to do this time, uh, like I said, this is going to be a pretty short episode, but I did not want to go through the month of February and not have an African-American centric episode, especially about Black women survivors. So let me just start out with one, and these are in no particular order. Uh, I'd like to start with Diana Sugar. Her name is her nickname is Sugar. The movie is called Sugar Hill, and this one came out in 1974. It's uh, currently streaming on Pluto TV, and looks like YouTube. Um, those are both free. Now this is a black exploitation classic, or as I like to call them, a blastic. And uh, <laughs> in my humble horror opinion, it's it's just a a badass fucking film. Uh, not too many black exploitation films have uh, female leads and and ones that are um, this smart and beautiful and. Let me just get into it. So Sugar, um, she's portrayed by this gorgeous actress. Uh, her name is Marky Bay. Sugar uses voodoo, which we all know was a reoccurring theme in 70s horror or in 70s movies in general. I think of like James Bond and Live and Let Die. You know, his villains were Yafet Koto and there was voodoo involved. And of course, there was a white woman who knew how to read tarot cards, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to leave that over there on the side. But uh, voodoo was a big thing in horror movies. Uh, Sugar Hill. There's also uh, the House on Skull Mountain, which I love that movie, and but voodoo is a huge thing in that. Um, so she uses voodoo. She summons uh, Baron Samadhi uh, to get permission to use his army of zombies to destroy the people who killed her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was a club owner. Um, some very dastardly people wanted to have his club. He said, no, he got killed. And of course, this woman who is a very successful photographer decides that she's going to use voodoo. Now, when I read the synopsis of this film years and years ago, I was like, hmm, horror voodoo revenge film. You son of a bitch. I'm in <laughs> because I want to see how this is going to play out. 
And uh, I'm already kind of spoiling it because I'm telling you that she's a survivor. Like I said at the beginning, if I'm talking about them, they survived the film. But I don't want to really break this film down, which is why I kind of gave you a quick little blurb of it. I, I want to save this so that I can break it down um, maybe for an episode later down the line. And the one thing I love about Sugar is she's powerful and she's headstrong and she's also going through grief. You know, you, you lose somebody that you love and you want to get back at the people who took that person from you. So grief is a huge thing in this. Uh, you know, revenge is a huge thing in this. It's really a great film. I wish Marky Bay had done more. She was in a, a lot of other movies and TV shows, but she was so beautiful. She makes me think of uh, a younger Beyonce in the face. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, she's got this really beautiful caramel colored skin. And, you know, she's wearing like this one piece jumpsuit and she's got this afro and she's sitting in the wicker chair that literally everybody in their fucking grandma had in their house. And, you know, she's saying all these quips and, you know, just taking these people out. And there are a lot of racial expletives in here. You know, she's calling a lot of people whitey, calling people honkies, you know, <laughs> calling people white trash. And it is crazy glorious because she is literally, I don't give a fuck. Like her attitude in this is the female version personified of fuck around and find out because they fucked around and they sure enough found out. So if you've never seen Sugar Hill, I really would advise you to check it out. Like I said, it's it's available on Pluto, Pluto TV and YouTube for free. So you're not, you're not hurting anything by watching it. You're not paying anything, you know, but it's really a fun ass voodoo revenge flick. Not too many of those walking around, so you might want to check it out. It's a great one to start out with if you're trying to get into black exploitation films. Um, and you know, thinking about the effects, you know, the makeup looks kind of hokey and cheesy and kind of sci-fi channel, you know, type of makeup. But fuck all of that. The Revenge Tale is fucking everything, and Sugar is one of the baddest mofos out here, like beautiful and bad and just, just out here taking names. It was crazy and dropping bodies, <laughs> like just making that, that pack with the uh, voodoo God to just snuff out all of these assholes. So it always makes me cheer. It's a great film <laughs> to watch. And it's, and I don't want anybody to, you know, cop an attitude. She's not just killing white folks too. She's killing some black dudes too, because they were part of it. So it's outrageous. I would kill to see a very good remake of this, but you got to cast the right person and it's got to be set the right way. However, if you've never seen it, check out Sugar Hill because it is it is dope as fuck and she is literally everything in this movie. Just, just the baddest babe you'll ever see on screen. This chick is off the chain. Now, that was my number five. Uh, coming in at number four is one of my favorite names of a character ever, <laughs> Chocolate in Rats, Night of Terror. Now, this movie came out in 1984. It is currently streaming on Tubi. 
and Pluto TV, and it is portrayed by the glorious Joretta Joretta. I know everybody says Goretta Goretta, but she told me it is Joretta Joretta. So this one has a nomadic biker gang and a post-apocalyptic world, and they're trapped in an abandoned lab trying to stay alive because it is filled with, I hate saying this, thousands of genetically mutated rats that devour people. Now, I talked about this when I broke down the cabinet of curiosities. Rats are not my fucking jam. (laughs) Just, if it's a movie with fucking rats, rats terrify the shit out of me. So I did watch this movie and I've only seen it maybe once or twice because when I watch it, I have to fucking put my hand over my face um, and watch it kind of peer through my fingers, you know, like an adult would put their hand over your face when something sexual or too gross is on. Literally, that's how I have to watch this movie. Her character, Chocolate, is just lovely and she's badass. I don't know if any of you follow Joretta on uh, any social media platforms but she is one of the nicest horror people you will ever talk to. Um, she's super nice to all her fans. Um, I've never met her in a in a uh, convention. I hope to one day. But she's completely down to earth, funny as hell. And uh, I would go more into the movie, but just thinking about the rats are creeping me to fuck out. <laughs> and the end of this movie is very ambiguous. I'll say that Chocolate survived. Once again, I love that fucking name. I'll say that Chocolate survived, but something happens. Uh, They get rescued and one of the people takes off their mask. And then there is this horrific thing in the mask, which if you already heard me going on about what I hate, you already know what it is. She, I'm going to say she survived. Me, myself, personally, I would have died of fright the minute I even saw more than six of them. Just my heart would have stopped. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the horror documentary. It's uh, called In Search of Darkness. And she's been in, I think, all of them. But the most recent one, part three, um, she was talking about this film. And she was saying how they used real rats. Ugh. And there's not rat slander. I just, I have a phobia and I can't do it. But she said they used real rats and they also used some of the deceased rats in some of the shots. Like when they show rats falling on people, a lot of them are like not alive. And I saw that on that documentary and I was like, that's a hard pass. That's a, that's a fuck that noise for me. I cannot fuck with (laughs) rats. Y'all, I'm sorry. I can't. And good kudos to her for doing that. And the one thing I will say, you know, (laughs) chocolate, once again, I love saying that. I love that fucking moniker. I'm going to believe that chocolate survived till the end. I will will leave that to your interpretation. If you can watch this movie, please tell me because I will never be able to fully watch this movie without covering my face or my eyes or something. So, um, that's that's my uh, number four <laughs> black female survivor. I'm laughing because I, I just thinking about it is giving me the creepy crawlies right now. But moving along, I've got my number three 
is uh, Zoe Davis. And Zoe is played by Taylor Russell in Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions. So that already tells you she's going to live. Once again, I told y'all it was going to be kind of spoilerish, spoilerific, half, half and half. And I'm sorry, Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions, they are both streaming on Stars and Hulu if you have a subscription. I will tell you what I love about these films is that this sister is a physics student. So her brain is large and I'm loving that because we never get to see that. Other than Wakanda Forever, where we had Riri, and we knew that that sister was smart, you don't really get to see too many African-American females in college and portray them as being smart characters. So I love seeing Zoe in this film, or the character Zoe, I should say. She's a freaking genius, and when they go to this escape room, she figures out the majority of the puzzles um, for the rooms that she's in. The other characters also help. I mean, they they do as well because some things are just, you know, um, whatever they're familiar with. So it works out and the rooms are kind of keyed to each person, at least in the first movie. There are clues that, that kind of help them get out of each room and move on to the next. What I also love about this character of Zoe is that she's different than the other people that she's now having to work with to survive. She's real quiet and shy and withdrawn. And we kind of see what happens in the first escape room that led her to be this way. She had um, trauma, which in black horror movies and, and horror movies in general, black people always have to have trauma. It, I mean, everybody in horror films have trauma. Sydney Prescott's mom died. That's trauma in Scream. But, you know, sometimes I just want them to do some shit and some scary shit is happening. <laughs> I don't always want it to be equated to some fucked up shit that happened. But everybody in the first escape room had something happen to them. So that was fine because it was on an even playing field. And we get to see what Zoe's is and hers is pretty harrowing. Um, but I will say... By the end of the first film, she's a lot tougher than she appeared in the beginning of the film. And then when we get to the second escape room, the Tournament of of Champions, she is almost fearless. Like she's been in this situation before and she doesn't give a fuck and she's going to survive. And I'm really hopeful that we get one more because uh, the second film left on a cliffhanger. She was still alive, though, at the end of that one. So I'm going to say that counts. I'm going to just chalk that up <laughs> and say that counts. You know, that's kind of a, eh, did she really survive or did she not? I don't know. I don't know. There's something about those those kind of locked room puzzle room movies that I love. So I may have to do I may have to do an episode about that. And I forgot to say Escape Room came out in 2019. Um Escape Room Tournament of Champions came out in 2021. I told you where you could watch them, but I forgot to tell you the year that they came out. So, my number 2 
survivor is Emerald Hayward M. from Nope. And I absolutely love this character. Well, one, Kiki Palmer crushed it. Um, and Nope, I'm sorry, Nope is a 2022 film and it is now streaming on Peacock. You have no excuse to watch it other than me already saying that she's going to survive. But I told you at the top, I, I have to reiterate. Um, so what can I say about M? I have a cousin that reminds me so much of this character. She's so extroverted and she's so full of life. She walks into a room and lights that motherfucker up. And even when nobody wanted that much light, she just does it, you know? And that's what M is to me, that character of Emerald. She's one of those people that walks in and you know that you're going to be gravitated to her. You don't know fucking why, but you are. And that's what makes her such a compelling character. What's great is that M is very animated in contrast to her brother, OJ, who's very stoic. And that shit works. I, I said it before when I um, gave a spoiler-free episode about Nope that my mother came from a huge family and it was very much like that. You know, my uncles were very soft-spoken and quiet and more reserved. And the ladies, my aunts were more animated and some of my uncles were animated and some of my aunts were quiet, but that sibling dynamic where you have the polar opposites, but they just, they click, man. It's like they have each other's back. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, whether they had an argument or they didn't agree with each other's lifestyle or whatever those siblings were tight as fuck. And that's one of the things that I loved about Nope, that sibling dynamic was so real to me. And uh, Emerald, she is just a delight. I mean, Kiki Palmer just made this character come alive. It's, it's wild to see someone so animated and so full of confidence in themselves, and especially portrayed by a Black woman. Because normally they don't, they don't let our characters be confident with themselves, you know? Usually there's something sad or, you know, there's some traumatic past or, you know, she grew up on a farm, excuse me, she grew up on a, a horse farm, which was a family business. She just, <laughs> she wants to be huge. She wants to make a name for herself. And her energy and her mood is so great. I'm one of those people where I kind of adjust to people's energy. To some people, they might be like, oh, well, Donna's really quiet. And then other people, when they meet me, they're like, man, Donna's she's fucking hilarious. And it's just what you give me, that's what I feed off. And it seems like Emerald's just the Energizer Bunny. She's just running on fucking pure her, pure sunshine. And it comes across that way. She is full of, she's like 110% full of light, love, and I don't give a fuck. And <laughs> let me make my bread and move the fuck on. And I love that shit about her. You know, she's not, she's not sad. She's not, you know, going through shit. You know, she, she had the one regret that her dad sold uh, jean jacket and she didn't get to train that horse. But other than that, she's all about 
you know, carpe diem the fuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> seize the motherfucking day all goddamn day. And I am here for this. I'm here for all of it. And then when I saw it, I was like, how dare you, Jordan Peele, make me fall in love with this woman. You better not kill her off. <laughs> and of course he didn't. And I, you know, it, it's great. Oh, and the other thing I loved about her, her character was that she's a queer character. She is queer. And I love that they say it, but in such a subtle way. They they said it. It's like say it and don't spray it. <laughs> you know, they didn't they didn't spray everything. It wasn't like graffitied all over the place. She's a lesbian, you know, just little subtle things she said, you know, hitting on a woman in a store and telling OJ that, you know, her baby girl said she can stay with her. Nothing was, you know, like stamped on your fucking forehead, but it was there and we knew it. I love that. That made me like smile so big. And um, we we see it and then we move the fuck on. I also love the fact that her brother means the world to her and she means the world to him. And while they're trying to save this family business that they have, they're also trying to get some fame to do it. And that is actually putting them in a lot of grave danger, but they do this shit together. And then the other fucking thing that was just blowing my goddamn mind was that, man, I'm cursing like a fucking sailor. <laughs> so I get amped up as shit, you know? Well, the other thing is when she does the real life Akira slide, I almost shouted in the fucking theater when I saw this. This shit gave me fucking goosebumps, dog. I am like a huge Akira fan. So to see not only a live action slide, not only a woman doing the slide, but a black woman doing the slide, dude, it was like, you have no idea. My little my little fist pumped in the air so hard and my husband could see me in the dark. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I've been waiting years to see this fucking shit. This is, this is the moment <laughs> that, you know, 15 year old Donna would have just been like, fuck yeah. In the audience, but you know, I'm a little older, so I'm trying to be reserved and shit. Um, doesn't really sound like I am on this episode, but I can't tell you, I don't know if you can hear the glee in my voice, but I was like, fucking shit. This is the best goddamn movie I ever saw. Just from that slide alone. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, Kiki sold the fuck out of this performance. I really hope and pray that Jordan Peele is writing another part for her somewhere in the monkey paw production universe, because we absolutely need more of this magnificent light. Best highlight of this movie was Kiki Palmer. Everybody else was fantastic. Like the entire cast was fantastic, but Emerald really just for me was one of the best female black horror survivors I'd seen in horror films. And I don't know how fucking long. Now, now that I've, I'm done, you know, giving a complete rim job over here to Kiki. <laughs> oh, the things I say. Um, I mean, I can't help it. I absolutely love her. Love, love, love her.
in this film. I love her anyway, but damn, this this performance was great. And I knew that horror was gonna be a great genre for her when I saw her in Scream, Scream Queens. I said Scream, Scream, <laughs> Scream Queens. That show, I was so happy to see her because once again, you don't see a lot of black female horror characters. And when they are in movies, we already know they're the sassy, girl, what you gonna do? Oh no. Or you're the one that's there so that the white person can get away. You end up being, dare I say it, the sacrificial Negro because your whole purpose is just so that the white character can live. And in Scream Queens, she was none of that. And it was great. And I thought, we need her in more horror. We we need her to be in horror. She was kind of sassy and whatnot, but she also was smart as fuck. So loved that. Um, trying to stay focused. Uh, <laughs> the last one, and my favorite Black female horror survivor, at least on this episode, I will say that I have way too many and it was very hard to narrow it down to five, but I did my best. Oh, so my number one is Jerry Lynn. I'm probably saying her name way too proper. Gerilyn, uh, played by Jada Pinkett Smith in Demon Knight. And Demon Knight is a Tales from the Crypt film. It's actually called Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Came out in 1995. And this one is currently streaming on Amazon Prime and Apple TV for a rental fee. So on my very first podcast episode appearance ever, 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 forever, forever, ever. <laughs> Sorry, that outcast line always comes to my head whenever I say ever, ever. I was a guest host um, or a guest on the Magnificent Sigmund Cinema podcast. And he graciously had me on and we did a discussion on our top five favorite final girls or our top five final girls. And on that episode, which by the way, go listen to it on his podcast because his podcast is great. I'm really hoping he'll come back. He's taken a hiatus and I'm waiting. I picked this character, Gerilyn, because she is an ex-con working per her parole, I'm sure, um, in a boarding house. And her boss, the lady who runs the boarding house, is played by uh, CCH Pounder. And her boss makes her do every and anything or else, you know, back to jail she goes. And just her luck. She happens to be there when a character named Breaker and a character named The Collector come knocking down the door in a really kind of bloody fashion. Um, Breaker gets there and then the cops come and the collector says that Breaker has a possession of his and then it goes uh, shit sideways. <laughs> it's the best thing I can think of uh, because we find out that Breaker, the gentleman that was there, is um, actually the guardian of a key that is to keep demons from being unleashed from hell and taking over mankind. And then the latter, uh, the um, collector, he needs that key in order to obviously unlock the demons so they can roam the earth. And he's pretty much going to do anything and everything to get it. I love Demon Knight. And uh, 
Jerry Lynn being the survivor girl of color is the icing on the cake. The cake is Billy Zane as the collector <laughs> because you can tell Billy Zane is having a fucking ball doing this role, but I am shifting my focus back to Jerry Lynn. So um, Breaker, who's the gentleman who's the guardian, he gets hurt and he needs to choose a guardian before he dies because if he dies, then the key is just automatically gonna open anyway. And he chooses Jerry Lynn to be the new guardian. And it's because of her strength and her tenacity and her intelligence. And also because when the collector tried to seduce her and offer her all of these things and if she gave up the key, she turned him down, you know? He was offering to give her all of these things and she literally spat in his face, literally with, with some blood. Um, <laughs> so, you know, these things are the reason that, you know, Breaker chooses her and she is now the protector of mankind and she also gets to be immortal. And my God, does that not sound like a black woman? You know, you're a protector. You get to be the mother and protector of all mankind. And you get to be immortal because, you know, black don't crack. I'm just saying, you know, it, it helps. It helps. Like, she's going to be immortal and she's going to look great. So who the fuck wouldn't want that? I would. I'd, I'd fight demons for, you know, immortality if I, if I could. Probably a lot harder than I'm thinking, though, I'm guessing. But anyway, uh, she is one of my most favorite final girls ever. I actually have a shirt that I purchased from uh, Paramore and Poltergeist and it says fight like a final girl. And she had a lot of different final girls and Jerry Lynn was one of them. And I, I got that one because uh, she's just one of my, one of my top favorite ones. Anytime I can see a woman of color be a final girl, I'm fucking there. I'm sold. So that was my short rant, uh, <laughs> short episode about my top five black female survivors in horror films. Of course, I have a plethora of others. Um, Selena from 28 Days Later. There's just so many good ones. Oh, Lupita in Us, although that one's kind of kind of a skewed one. You know, there's there's a lot of them. It's astonishing that, you know, we always think of black women in horror movies as the ones that are the first to go, but most of the time they're not, at least not anymore. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if if they can survive, I can survive. You know, um, I think Rachel True, yeah, Rachel True in the craft. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot about her. I just, uh, oh, and the other thing too is when you have a, a rapper or a singer, case in point, Rod Dega and 13 Ghosts, she survived. You just either have to sing R&B or rap or be an extraordinary person <laughs> so that you can survive this horror movie because not everybody makes it. And, you know, not trying to be morbid, but as a black woman, the odds are stacked. We're already at a, you know, Holy shit, I gotta I gotta start out the game like this. Um, and I'm one of those people, I just have fun with my life. 
you know, I don't worry about statistics or what people think or people's perception of you is their fucking problem. It's not yours. So if a motherfucker say you can't do something, I'm going to do it twice. I'm going to do it twice just to show you that I could do it. The second time was just me being petty. <laughs> I'll be petty white all fucking day. I will be Tom Petty White <laughs> all fucking day. I just wanted to throw this uh, episode out, like I said, because I didn't want to go through uh, February and not have a specific Black History um, episode. And once again, if you go to Instagram, if you are on Instagram and you go there and you use the hashtag while the Black character lives with an S on the end, you'll see the ones that I've picked probably throughout the years because I've been on Instagram for a while. So Every now and then I do that, and I used to do it on uh, what I would call uh, Survivor Saturday. So, you know, I guess I should have picked Survivor by Destiny's Child instead of Black Girl. But I happen to love the lyrics of that Lenny Kravitz song, so that's why I picked that. Sometimes the heart wants what the heart wants. I will say this before I go. Just because these women survived doesn't mean they're superhuman except for Jerry Lynn, because she is immortal now. That that has been established. <laughs> but they all um, are flesh and blood characters, and they've all gone through shit, just like everybody. Everybody goes through shit. But I don't want anybody to listen to this being like, oh, well, you know, black women can do anything. Nope. Nope. Stop that shit. If you have a black woman in your life, ask them how they doing. Check in and see how they doing, because... Even your strongest people need to be checked on. We're not we're not impervious. I'm not fucking Superman. If you want to drop me a line and say, Donna, how are you doing? I might actually enjoy that. Because, um, you know, as black women, we have to be strong. That's the tone that is set. And we run things and we run houses and, you know, we take care of kids and we take care of our spouses. But, you know... We need help too. We're vulnerable too. And I don't think people should assume that strong black woman is applied to everybody. Yes, some people are strong. Some people are stronger than others. But in real life, we all go through shit. So, you know, don't take it as, well, she's a strong black woman. Yeah, you might think it's a compliment, mofo, but no, I'm going through shit just like you. So ask me how I'm fucking doing and ask if I need help. I I would probably appreciate that shit. And the woman in your life that's a strong, what you consider a strong black woman, they may consider that helpful as well. So stop doing that shit. Y'all applying too many labels. I don't go go around saying, well, you're an efficient white man. (laughs) You know, that's not how this shit works. We, We are... We are human and we got to look out for each other. So even though this is my ode to strong black women, once again, all of these women in here have gone through some shit. You know, Sugar lost her boyfriend. Chocolate? Chocolate might be doing okay. She's running around with a biker gang. So maybe maybe she's not going through some shit. Sugar definitely was. Uh, Zoe in Escape Room had something very traumatic happen to her. I don't know how she got through it. Emerald, trying to save that family farm and get a little fame, little fame on the way. 
Um, and Gerilyn, she's an ex-con and people treat her like crap. So, you know, there's there's different, different uh, sides to different people. And we got to be mindful of that shit. Black History Month is one of those things where, you know, if you know somebody that's a person of color, you know, try to try to be more mindful, mindful of how you treat them, mindful of what they're going through and, and know that we are the same, but there are some things that we are really different on. And, you know, if you if you can't do anything else, be an ally to somebody who's a person of color because they may need that shit, you know, to know that there's people out there that aren't just assuming that they're able to handle everything that life fucking throws at them. Because sometimes you get a lot of shit piled on shit <laughs> and you need you need somebody to help levy that, you know, lighten it up a little bit. But uh, I think I think I've ranted for a good solid five minutes now. So I probably should wrap this up so y'all won't go, damn, Donna. Uh, but, you know, I love myself. I love I love black women. I love I love being a, a black person. Sometimes that shit is hella scary, but most of the time it's hella fun. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is this is the skin I was given, and I love it. I just do. I, I some days I'm just like, this, this is a little rough, but that's that's far and few in between. I absolutely love the skin I am in. I love being black. Three sixty five. A hundred thousand days. <laughs> I I just I love being who I am, and uh, my dorky, goofy, you know, horror loving ass. I love that shit, man. And if I can make the day brighter or help someone get through some shit, I will do my very best. But know that the people that always are the helpers sometimes they need help too, and the ones that you equate as being strong women or in this case strong black women yeah we need help we we need help just like everybody else we're not superhuman you know we're human so wrapping this up before i get too schmaltzy because i would talk all fucking day if i could if somebody wants to pay me to do that i'd be i'd be happy for it that's all i'm gonna put i'm just gonna put it out in the universe speak it into existence as they say but <laughs> i'm gonna wrap this up uh if you have any uh favorite black female horror survivors please send it my way as always let me know what you think about this podcast let me know what you think about this episode and um i'm sure that you know i'll i'll do more of these to come but just wanted to put it out there love me some black girls and i love me some black girls black women i should say that are final women we say final girls, but they're always women, <laughs> but favorite final women in horror films. So uh, that's all I got for you guys. And I guess I should leave you with until next time, just listen out for my voice in the darkness. And I will talk to you then. Bye.